Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining me for our daily Bible study. We'll be reading from Acts chapter 11 from the World English Bible today. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and found certain disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, No, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. He said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe in the one who would come after him, that is in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with other tongues and prophesied. They were about twelve men in all. So Paul found disciples, they're called, they're also called believers, and they were probably like Apollos. Remember, we were introduced to him in our previous chapter. He believed in Christ. He had preached Christ even, but he only knew the baptism of John. And so whenever Paul met these believers, he asked them, did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? Notice first that it's not a given that everyone that believes immediately receives the Holy Ghost. Uh, the Holy Ghost is subsequent to initial faith. It's the result of faith that the Spirit comes. Um, secondly, we see the importance of it, that it's the first question that Paul asked this group of believers. The second question he asked was, how were you baptized? And, of course, they believed. They were disciples of John, been baptized in uh and water for repentance and even remission of sins. That's what John's baptism was. Um, and that baptism was a precursor, though, of what was to come. After Christ was crucified and then he rose from the dead, we see that baptism repeatedly through the New Testament uh, is us identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And rising to new life and having our old man buried, our old sins washed away. And so when they said, well, we were baptized into John's baptism, Paul didn't leave it at that, but he told them they needed to be rebaptized. We have biblical precedent to rebaptize believers, not just baptize believers, but rebaptize believers that haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus. And so Paul said, well, John said for you to believe on Jesus, and based on this rationale, they agreed to be baptized in the name of the Lord. So you see that baptism is a step of faith. If you believe on Jesus, you'll be baptized in his name. When Paul laid hands on them, they spoke in tongues and prophesied as the Spirit gave the utterance. And so once again, we see that when the Holy Ghost came, the evidence of the infilling of the Spirit, the initial evidence, was that they supernaturally spoke in tongues. They they were given utterances from the Spirit and prophesied and blessed the Lord. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. Just I want to refer to it. What We started the book of Acts. We called these the foundations of faith. And I said we would see them time and time again whenever there were conversions. Uh, and so notice in this conversion the elements we have. We have faith. We have repentance. Baptism of water. Baptism of the Spirit. The laying on of hands. So all of the things that were we were told were foundational to our faith. It, the only thing that's not mentioned here is judgment and eternity. Um, and obviously they were 
they were preparing for that very thing whenever they responded to the gospel. But of the things that they could do in the here and now, the way they responded, were all the things that we see in Hebrews 6 that new believers are expected to do. It's foundational to our faith and to your new life in Christ. Verse 8, He entered into the synagogue and spoke boldly for a period of three months, reasoning and persuading about the things concerning God's kingdom. But when some were hardened and disobedient, speaking evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. This continued for two years, so that all who lived in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. God worked special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were carried away from his body to the sick, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out. But some of the itinerant Jews, exorcists, took on themselves to invoke over those who had the evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. There were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did this. The evil spirit answered, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? The man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This became known to all, both Jews and Greeks, who lived in Ephesus. Fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Many also of those who had believed came confessing and declaring their deeds. Many of those who practiced magical arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. They counted their price and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord was growing and becoming mighty. So Paul ministered for a couple years to whosoever will. We read here that he reached for the Jews, he reached for the Gentiles, and God confirmed his words and his work with special miracles. And we've seen this pattern, and it repeats that God was active when the ministry was active, when the church was active, when the church witnessed, God sent confirming signs to witness to them and to the gospel that they preached. And so Paul was used so mightily that even the unbelieving Jews heard of him and the work he was doing and tried to use his name and the name of Jesus in an exorcism. Unfortunately for them, the name of Jesus, while it's more powerful than anything we'll ever face, it's not a magical incantation. And he he responds when we truly have faith in his name and in his promises. The The man with the evil spirit overpowered these men and wounded them. But even in this, the name of Jesus and his work in true believers was magnified. Uh, the believers in this spiritually dark place stood out because they repented. It says they came confessing and declaring their deeds. And when they repented, they truly repented. They forever gave up the things that they had believed in that were contrary to the truth. And so they brought their books of magical arts and they burned them uh, publicly, 50,000 pieces of silver worth. So they had this massive bonfire, essentially. And as they turned away from their false ideas and towards God, it says the word of the Lord was growing and becoming mighty. Now, after these things had ended, Paul determined in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. Having sent into Macedonia two of those who served him, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. 
About that time there arose no small disturbance concerning the way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen, whom he gathered together with the workmen of like occupation, and said, Sirs, you know that by this business we have our wealth. You see and hear that not at Ephesus alone, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying that they are no gods that are made with hands. Not only is there danger that this our trade come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be counted as nothing and her majesty destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worships. When they heard this, they were filled with anger and cried out, saying, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. The whole city was filled with confusion, and they rushed with one accord into the theater, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions in travel. When Paul wanted to enter into the people, the disciples didn't allow him. Certain also of the Asarchs, being his friends, sent to him and begged him not to venture into the theater. Some, therefore, cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was in confusion. Most of them didn't know why they had come together. They brought Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. Alexander beckoned with his hand and would have made it offense to the people. But when they perceived that he was a Jew, all with one voice for a time of about two hours cried out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. When the town clerk had quieted the multitude, he said, You men of Ephesus, what man is there who doesn't know that the city of Ephesians is a temple keeper of the great goddess Artemis and of the image that fell down from Zeus? Seeing then that these things can't be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rash, for you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess. If therefore Demetrius and the craftsmen who are with him have a matter against anyone, the courts are opened and there are pro-councils. Let them press charges against one another. But if you seek anything about other matters, it will be settled in the regular assembly. For indeed, we are in danger of being accused concerning today's riot, there being no cause. Concerning it, we wouldn't be able to give an account of this commotion. When he had thus spoken, he dismissed the assembly. So we see the impact of Paul's ministry, uh, again, not just among the believers, but among the unbelievers. And it's interesting, the power of the Holy Ghost, because these people, they were outraged because Paul was preaching. When he preached Jesus, he preached that um, the true God couldn't be represented by an idol. Well, this was the same message that the Jewish people had held so dear for so many years. They had been spread throughout the empire, and certainly they had had some converts. We've read about them through the book of Acts, but it couldn't be said that they had turned the world upside down or that they had taken the message to all of Asia. And all the things that we're seeing here, the those that were involved in these wicked practices, we don't have any record that they were fearful that all of their followers would be converted to the Jewish religion. What's the difference? Well, Paul is a Christian. He has the testimony and the power of Christ, and he's received the Holy Ghost. Remember, Jesus said, when you receive the Spirit, you're going to have power to be witnesses. And so we see the essential uh, nature of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And when Paul steps out in power, the world has never seen anything like that. And so um, 
he preaches the gospel. It brings revival. As we read, it brought a response from God as well. He confirmed the word. But it also brought a response from the enemy. It brought opposition. Um, consistent preaching, faithful preaching, spirit-led preaching will bring results. Uh, sometimes they used to say you would get glad or you would get mad, and that seems to be what happened. But you won't leave the same when the gospel has been preached. It always has an effect. So let's pray together that we could be uh, that kind of witness in a dark world. If you've got things in your life you need to give up, uh, maybe you've got some, some secret sins in your life, how about like these men we read about and ladies, we repent and turn from those things. Or if you've never been baptized, I would love to baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ, but it doesn't have to be me. If you'll just find a, a church that'll baptize in the name of Jesus Christ and have your sins washed away. If you've never received the baptism of the Spirit, we're not saying you're not a believer, but the Spirit we see is foundational to faith. It's essential to our living for God. It's a promise. It gives us the power to witness. And you should know that you've received the Spirit. Uh, it'll it'll certainly feel different. I, that's just from my experience. I've never felt anything like it. But you will have the power of God and uh, what we see in the Scripture and what I've seen in my own life following the pattern of the Scriptures. When people are baptized in the Spirit, they speak in other tongues. It's a promise for you. It's available today. Uh, why don't you seek the Holy Ghost with all of your heart and Find a spirit-filled believer, a minister to lay hands on you and pray that you would receive this wonderful gift. Uh, if, if you've been born of water and spirit, you've repented, you have faith towards God, then let's pray that we would make a difference in this world. Let's pray it together right now. Father, we thank you for your word. I ask that you would give us the faith to be obedient to your word, to turn our back on any beliefs or traditions that are contrary to your word. I ask that we would have the courage, the sincerity to truly repent, to be baptized in your wonderful name, baptized in your spirit. I ask, Lord, that you would give us power and authority, that great revival would come. We pray, Lord, that we can make a difference in this world today. We pray it all in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Join me tomorrow for another episode.